She's Welcome to the She's All That video podcast. I'm September Smith, your host, and today I'm talking with Orly Zewi all about her area of expertise and the topic of her new book, Ready, Launch, Brand, the Lean Marketing Guide for Startups. And that topic is brand. When people hear the word brand, they often think colors, style, font, logos, but Orly is what she calls a brand architect. She builds the DNA of startup brands, and she helps founders cut through the noise so they can scale in months, not years. Orly, welcome, and thank you for being here to talk about this very important topic. Thank you so much for having me, September. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, right off the top, one of the things that we, as you said, you help build the DNA of startup brands. So when we say startup, is this whole idea of branding, is this exclusive to just tech companies with venture capital and seven-figure budgets? Can these concepts be generalized to smaller businesses? Well, actually, small businesses are who I typically, I typically work with a lot of small businesses. And the reason is because, you know, if you wait until you have the venture capital, a lot of times it's too late. Um, you know, you should be doing this work. You should be uh, establishing your brand really the optimum would be at the very beginning. But what typically happens is that people wait and lo and behold, there's this magic number between three to five years where they hit the wall. And here's the problem. If you're trying to get VC funding, venture capital uh, capital money, um, you need to show that you're successful, that they're investing in something that's going to grow. And if you've done no marketing or and you haven't established, clarified your brand, and you haven't really done any of the work that I talk about in my book, um, it's very likely that you're not going to make it past year five. And as it turns out, uh, more than 50% of startups don't make it past year five for exactly that reason. They hit that wall. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. But when you think about that beginning, the, those early days of your startup, all the things that you have to be putting in place, the people and the concepts and the ideas and the technology and yeah, brand might be not top of mind. Well, this is part of why I wrote the book is because yeah. what I found is that, you know, marketing is the engine to sales. So if you're not investing in marketing, and by the way, marketing is about selling your product, branding, brand, the brand idea is really about clarifying who you are, who your customer is. When you do those two things early on, it becomes much easier to scale because you're attracting your ideal clients because you know who they are. And if you don't, then you're constantly being a, a solution looking for a problem. Right. So you're an author, as we said. You're a keynote speaker, you're an educator, and you're a brand architect. You've lectured at Wharton, taught at the Close School of Entrepreneurship at Drexel University, University of Pennsylvania, and you've led led workshops for some big-name startup incubators. You've got the cred, but (laughs) there was one comment in the material about you that I read that had a really huge impact on me. And you said, I am the daughter of an entrepreneur, so I know the importance of scaling quickly. It impacts not just your company's bottom line, but your family's well-being. And that is why you're so personally passionate about this. That really stopped me. Connect that for me. Well, you know, it's so interesting because it's taken me a while to figure out why is it that I that I gravitate so, so much towards startups. Um, And it's really because, you know, as you said, I grew up as a daughter of entrepreneurs. In fact, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs on my father's side. And um, and, you know, my father said to me 
when I wrote, when this book came out, he said, you know, I wish I'd had your book <laughs> when I was uh -huh. starting my business. But I remember being the daughter of an entrepreneur and how much our family, you know, you kind of, you really depend on this being successful. It's not just the founder who's investing in this. It's really their whole family that's invested, even though they're not in the day-to-day -day of the startup itself. Um, so for me, it's, it's personal and it feels like a win. You know, when, when I see um, a founder that I worked with, who's doing incredibly well and they're just doing amazing things. Uh, I go back to, you know, the family and thinking the, just the huge impact that that has on their family. And the huge negative impact if they don't do it right out of the well, gate and this drags I, on. My father is still alive, so I tend to not focus on that part of the story. <laughs> but, you know, he's an incredibly bright man and actually is more of a, um, he's really more of an inventor than an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, inventors like to invent things, right? And they, and what they're really interested is having something that they created. In fact, my father has 17 patents. And, um, but an entrepreneur can turn that invention, that product, they can commoditize it. They can build on it. They can scale. Um, you know, inventors don't really think that way. And that really impacts how they build their company. So how does then that all, sorry to be repetitious about it, but then how does brand pull that all together? Right. So, you know, a lot of times, like you said earlier on that, you know, people think of, of the stylistic piece, though, what I what is really um, uh, correctly what you would call a brand identity, which is anything to do with you know the name, the colors, the logo, um, you know if it's a product, the box, the whatever, everything that has to do with um, you know with your product, and the product can also be a service. It's not just a, a, a product. Um, and actually, most of my work is with B two B companies, not the B two C, the uh, business. Uh, to consumer. So, um, so the idea with brand is that, you know, it's really about the voice of your, of your company, the walk, the talk. So the messaging is a huge part of it. And what tends to happen is that people don't think of it that way. So when they talk about their company, what they're really telling you is how they do it and what they do, mm -hmm. but what they never talk about is the why. And, you know, we've all become pretty familiar with Simon Sinek and, and uh, you know, the golden circle, I actually referred to him in my book. And um, the problem is that it's much harder to figure out what your why is. And that's really what I do. I help, um, I help companies get clear on why they do it, you know, who they are doing it for and why those people care about their why. And ultimately, you know, what is the pain point that they're relieving? Because if you're not if you're not solving a problem for a, for a client, it's really just conversation. And, you know, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as we get more into, into websites and content in general. But the idea is the sooner you can clarify your UVP, your unique value proposition, why you started the company. And by the way, every founder I've ever worked with is so passionate about their why. They just don't know how to articulate it. And so, right. So what they end up talking about, because that's the easy part is what they do and how they do it. But that's, people don't care about that. They really want to know, what am I getting when I work with you? Okay. I was going to ask you, um, first of all, like in, in what I do with people also is like delving into it. What, what is that 
story? What is what is the why? What? But I also think of it in terms of why should people care? What is it you're doing that makes it matter? So is that what we're talking about when you're talking about Absolutely. finding that why and, it, and then articulating it? Yes. Well, and and the the piece here is articulating clearly, yes. succinctly, and memorably, so that you know really. When you say your your um, your elevator pitch, or where when you you know you should everyone should have a one sentence that sums up their why, that sums up you know what people are getting. Like the, the and the why here is the why for your ideal customer, right? Mm-hmm. So there's your why, which is your mission, your vision, all of that, and that needs to be clarified as well because then you can't you can't align your brand to your ideal customer, unless you know both sides of that equation. Yes. And it's amazing actually how many people, I mean, they know their why, they know why it's important to them and why they're passionate about it. But yeah, that turning it around and what's in it for them, why should they care? You really do need to articulate that if you want people to listen and emotionally connect with what you're trying to sell. And, and, you know, I, I say all the time that, you know, when I land on your homepage, there's only two things I want and I want to, I want the answer to why am I here? And why should I care? That's it. Yes. You got six seconds. Help me understand it. Yes. And the problem is that what most homepages do is they are full of internally focused information that has nothing to do with the client, right? Because again, they have, if you haven't clarified who your ideal client is, it's a lot easier to talk about yourself or to make it really generic. And as you know, generic messaging, you know, it talks to everyone, which means it talks to no one. Right, right, right. Okay, so before we get too far down the whole track of you and, and what you do with the, the startup's website vis-a-vis their, their brand, um, back to your book. It is a fabulous book. Thank I, you. I just have to say, I wanted to read it before we had the interview. And I was, just, I was looking at it. I was, okay, this might be, especially in that you use it to teach university or you will be using it. I thought, okay, it's going to be an academic book. And it was not at all a dry read. It was like a really great read for anybody who's, this is what you're interested in with all kinds of here's, here's try this, do this at the end of every chapter, the steps and each chapter really, really grabbed me. But the one I want to ask you about in chapter one of your book, Ready Launch Brand, you quote venture capitalist Mahmoud Hamid saying marketing and branding are some of the most important early stage indicators, indicators of a company's potential success. Really? Yeah, really. About that. Like what, what is that to you, a professional, what does that look like? Well, so, you know, as I said earlier, you know, and, and you even mentioned, you know, people think about investing in all kinds of things when they start their business, but marketing doesn't even make the top 10. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and part of my book, uh, of course, I interviewed, actually interviewed 25 entrepreneurs and got their marketing stories. And one after the other basically said, yeah, one of their regrets is that they didn't invest in marketing sooner. And in fact, um, you know, from a branding standpoint, what's really interesting is that one of the founders said to me, um, you know, that by the time we figured out who our ideal client was, it was too late because we had invested all this money in the wrong client, in the wrong experience, in the wrong lead generation, right? So it's not just, you know, kind of nice to have, it absolutely impacts your bottom line. Because if you haven't figured out who you are, like I said earlier, if you haven't figured out 
you know, what your brand stands for, then it's really difficult to figure out, like, how do you align people who are looking for this? Because, you know, we're being messaged at a rate of uh, 12,000 messages a day, which is roughly 4 million a year, which is insane, an insane amount of messaging. And, and we don't have time. We don't have time to figure this out. We expect our brands to do that work for us. We expect the founders of startups to get clear on that so we can quickly figure out, is this something we want? Is this something that makes sense? So the branding is really the clarification stage, the research stage, the, the time when you really want to figure out, you know, what do we stand for? Because by the way, another big piece of this, and this impacts the future of the company, if you haven't figured out what your brand stands for, how are you going to attract and build the right team? And by the way, the number three reason that startups fail is because they have the wrong team. So number one, they didn't get the brand and marketing in place. No, number one is there's no market need. And it's because they haven't figured out what the market is, right? They haven't figured it out. So that's number one reason. The number two reason they run out of cash. Why? Because they didn't do, they didn't do number one, which is really identify, right? Who they are, who their customer is. And so they've been going after the wrong clients and it takes a long time. If when you figuring out who you are and who your customer is on the run, on the go is a really expensive way to do that. That's why you run out of cash because by the time you figure it out, you know, this is, and, and this is why, you know, I, I really um, uh, encourage founders in the book to really get to that part first. And then, I mean, and make it as important as finding an attorney, finding an IT support, you know, doing all these other things, but marketing again, since it's the engine to, uh, to sales, if you haven't gotten clear on who you are, how are you marketing? Marketing is selling. If you don't understand what you're selling, marketing falls flat. There's no way it works. And then by the way, because the other piece of my book is all about hopefully uh, changing paradigms, you know, shifting people's minds about what is true and what is really a myth. Um, You know, people think that marketing smoke and mirrors. And so what happens is they don't, they don't figure out who they are. Their marketing falls flat because it's based on nothing really. And then when it doesn't work, they say, well, see, I told you marketing is just smoke and mirrors. So it, it's that self-fulfilling bias, you know, that, that circle. I, yeah, I have a question about that. When I read that in the book, I was, it kind of made me pause for a moment and think, who are these people that, uh, that have this concept or this idea that smoke and mirrors, like <laughs> generally speaking, is it because they haven't come from, um, it's, I don't know, tech background type of people that haven't come from this sort of thing. So this is a whole new dismissible kind of field or like, how can they have that idea? Well, because everyone puts so much stock in referrals and I hear that a lot, you know, it's like, oh, we don't marketing. We've got referrals. Well, you know, here's the problem. How does a startup get referrals? Exactly. How do they do that? They build their brand. They figure out who they are. They build the buzz. They use social media properly to really build the voice of the brand, to build their story. They create a website that actually creates a user experience that gives a sense of what it's like to actually work with you. So, you know, I like to use the, the um, example. So if, you, if, you're an, if your voice is academic, mm-hmm. then you want to have white papers. You want to have, you know, you want to show that you've spoken at conferences or, you, you know, and even in the beginning, a lot of these founders have had other lives. You know, they've done other things before they started a company. 
And in the beginning, the founder is the company. So it's also this idea that you want to show, not by saying it, but by demonstrating that you have both the credibility, the trust, the background, right? And what you definitely don't want to do is have any typos on your website, (laughs) which I see more times than I care to, to, I mean, when I, and I point this out, you know, to people and they're like, oh yeah, we missed that. (laughs) Wow. I did not expect that. I I was like, you'd be surprised and then typo. Yeah. You'd be surprised. And they don't think about it as, well, this is part of your brand, right? If, if there are mistakes on your site, what is that saying when you talk about your expertise? So it's a small thing, you know, it's that idea of like the cog and the wheel or the, you know, one little piece that kind of falls out kind of. Yep. Yeah, true. The whole- yeah, I'd have to say that's that that kind of it twigs me when I'm reading through. It's like, oh, what? Seriously? Yeah, exactly. yeah, your perception of the quality and and perhaps the validity of this whole thing slightly. Yeah. and it's such dampens. a and it's such a preventable thing. I don't understand why, but you know, that's that's one of the things that. I'm just always amazed by. <laughs> so that fits into brand too, I guess. Yeah. I oh, mean, it all fits because it's part of, you know, it's the voice, it's the walk and the talk. And it's the whole idea of who are you? You know, and I in in my book, I talk about, you know, are you an elephant or an alligator? Right. So if you're if you're an alligator, you know, you need marshes, you know, but if you're an elephant, you know, you need lots of lots of dust and trees and you know, you don't you don't need the marsh, right? Because it's a whole different ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So in a way, a brand is an ecosystem. It's your ecosystem that helps people understand what it's like to interact with it and, and you know, kind of what you bring to it. But you have to also, the other piece is you have to be consistent. And a lot of times it's, well, the reason it's so hard to do it well mm-hmm. is because what tends to happen, and I see this all the time, which is why when I do the audits, I look at your social media feeds. And this is a perfect example because social media, you know, unless you're doing ads, is, is free, right? But here's the thing. It's only free if it builds credibility and it builds your story and it helps you amplify the voice of your brand. When you make a mistake on social media, it lives there forever, <laughs> And the problem is that if you've built enough followers and you make really big mistakes, that follows you as well. And then that's how people then decide maybe not, you know, so you want to make sure that your social media feeds are aligned with your website, are aligned with, you know, your, whatever your, your product, your service how people feel about it. I mean, you know, there's also, of course, for consumer facing brands, you've got Yelp. Uh, Typically, you know, you don't have that for in the B2B space, but you still have reviews. And so the consistency, um, you know, it may sound boring. This is part, I think this is part of where if you don't understand marketing, you think, oh, I just need to make it new every time. And what they're not understanding is, you know, the voice of the brand should be the same. But it sounds different, right? But it's still, it's like a family, right? You've got cousins, you know, twice removed. They're still, they're still a family look, right? Even though, Mm -hmm. right. And so, so the idea is that you want to think about, this is why I go back to this idea of an ecosystem that you want your brand to be recognizable no matter where you go. 
Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so you want to look at colors and you want to look at your logo. You also want to look at banners, you know, which are a big part of like LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Um, you know, the banner is really important. A lot of people over, um, overlook the banner. Uh, and they, they don't really even think about it. It's like, well, that's part of your identity, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's expensive real estate. Why are you using the blue, the, you know, the, the default blue banner that LinkedIn provides Yep, that offers and nothing, you know, the whole thing of the consistency and how you're showing up and it being out there forever. I particularly uh, focus on that as in your podcast episodes that you're doing, because that mm-hmm. has a longevity far exceeding social media. It's years right. versus weeks or months. And that consistency in a lot of people, like be it your website, be it your podcast, what that's where people are going to get the chance to actually engage with you. And so every single episode that they ha- might happen on, you want it to be, as you say, telling the same brand story. It might be that family thing. It's a slightly different tone, or but right. you do not confuse. It's it they they need to understand who you are. Yeah, that consistency. Um, and that's why you and I are going to be doing a webinar about how podcast casting and branding all kind of flow and work together. But yeah, that's that's yeah. coming up in the future. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, me too. So, me too. So we've got the the smoke and mirrors approach to, you know, the attitude about marketing, uh, the inconsistency. Some of the other big mistakes or the misapprehensions that you're seeing with companies uh, that really just make you cringe. Um, one of them you had mentioned was people say, oh, I have a marketing person, so I don't need to do this. Right. Is, is that not valid? Can, can we not just say no, that? No, it's totally valid. But here's the problem. And I see this a lot. They hire a marketing person before they've built their brand. And then they expect the marketing. Also, they use marketing and sales interchangeably, and they're not. They're not the same at all. So what happens is, you know, again, if you don't understand the value of marketing, that's where people cut corners. It's also where people cut budgets the moment the economy dips, which is the worst mistake you can make because in when the economy is taking a dip, if you stop marketing, people think that you are out of business. And then when it picks up again, which inevitably it will, it is going to take you that much longer just to get back up to where you were. And so the time to innovate is actually when the, when the economy takes a dip, that's the time to invest in your R&D and looking at, you know, how, you know, maybe doing a, doing a customer survey and thinking, you know, really looking at what are customers looking for from you? How are your clients interacting with your brand? Where can you go in and tweak some things and maybe, you know, maybe pivot or maybe offer a service that you haven't offered before? Um, and that, you know, people miss that. That's, and to me, that's all part of marketing, right? It isn't yeah. just, people have a very um, limited and narrow view of what marketing is. And they think it's advertising. First of all, advertising is super expensive. Mm. You know, people have this idea that, oh, well, we'll start marketing when we can afford it, you know, an ad, like, you know, be, like when we're Nike, you know, so I use Nike as an example in the book as well. And you know, that's, that's crazy. I mean, first of all, advertising really only works for established brands because they're using it to remind people that they're here and to, cons- you know, constantly feed that engine, right? Feed, feed the, the, um, the ads to, to constantly remind people, yes, we're here. Here's what we do. And, oh, here's a new product. Here's a new campaign. But when you're a brand new startup, First of all, it's expensive. And and I always say, you know, unless you have like $50,000 to spend a year on advertising, it's not for you. It is absolutely a waste of money. And one of the things that I've done over and over again to people, I said, stop advertising (laughs) because 
because you're doing it haphazardly. It doesn't work that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, it takes at least seven times to see an ad before you recognize that you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Forget actually understanding what it says, but just to, you know, so it's about repetition yeah. and it's numbers. It's a numbers game. Yeah. And startups, they, they know from the time that the ad started showing up on yeah. the sidebars in Facebook and yeah. They've done, they've done studies. They know with that eye tracking thing, like people right. that, at that time were like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? We've now, that 4 million advertisements that we see mm-hmm. or brand messages that we see every year, our brains are now trained this many years later to ignore them. So, exactly. Yeah, you've got to be able to stand out. And That's it does right. take that many touch, point, touch points. And aver- so advertising, honestly, I-, I would say save your money and invest it in, in, in doing the branding piece and really getting clear on who you are you know, do the research, you know, even if it's something as simple as just doing a survey monkey and ask your customers, you know, what, why do you work with us? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's amazing how simple it can be and how much, how much information you can get. If you take the time to really ask your clients and figure out, you know, because a lot of times, you know, we think we know what our clients want and they really don't. And that's part of, that's in my book too, this whole idea that, you know, this ugly baby syndrome that you think, oh my God, someone's calling my baby ugly and I'm not okay with that. But the truth is the only way that you can grow and scale and really turn your company, you know, your, your startup into a company is by constantly being aware of what's out there. I mean, there's so many examples of companies that didn't do that. You know, Kodak, prime example. They literally invented you know, the, the, the camp, the, the photography, like the, the uh, small camera, right. They invented it. And yet when digital came around, they just went, ah, nah, we're not going to look at that. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. So you had mentioned like, if, uh, if you really want to know what your customers want it, but ask them, but if you're a startup, right. You don't yeah, have any, exactly. or you've had few. So how do you find out? What, what is another way that a, a new company can be finding out what their potential clients would want? That's right. So, so I, I like to deal in ideals, right? So instead of thinking, well, everybody, and, and I hear this all the time, well, everybody can use our product or service. Like everybody needs this. Yeah. Yes, that may be true. But do you have, you know, the budget, the marketing to manage, you know, a million people who might want this? Or isn't it better to identify, you know, and this is where you kind of go from really big too small. And I do this, you know, when I, when I was teaching at Drexel, you know, I would do this with my students all the time. It's like, okay, your market is a hundred million people in the world. Okay. But you know, let's, let's scale it back a little bit. And the idea is that you want to do, so I, I have this exercise, it's in the book, uh, an empathy map that helps you figure out and, and you can build an ideal customer, right? This is the beauty of being a startup. You're not bound by a history, right? You can create it. You can say, well, we want it to be, you know, we're, we're building this product for women. And, you know, we know that these women are between the age of 25 and 50 or 45 to 65 or whatever we decide. They're, you know, they have a family, they have uh, three kids, they're a corporate leader in an organization, right? We can create an actual profile and we can build personas, which is something else that you can do as you get further along. But in the beginning, it's really, What's their pain point? What's keeping them up at night? I've built a product. I've built a service. And it's, how is that service solving a pain point? How do I become the hero in my customer's journey? All good stuff. 
<laughs> and, but you are such a multi-talented person. Not only do you do that kind of like the, the, the DNA of that startup, you also then apply it to their website through an audit that you do. Obviously, that's somebody who's already been set up. So you can come in at the, the very beginning, at the top of their journey downward. No, maybe that's not a good <laughs> way to say it. At the beginning yeah. of their journey. Right. Or you can come in journey. partly through and, and do this website audit. Uh, so is that part, this whole, the, the website audit and what you do with them, is that part of their brand design? Well, it's, it's all part of their brand, right? Because a brand is really an experience. It's really, you know, in a way, I mean, people have kind of, I've started using, and I knew this when it first came out, I've been using the word brand for 20 years. And I can tell you that in the beginning, you know, what he was talking about that, then all of a sudden brand became branding and branding is really logo. And that's what people think is your, is your name and your logo. And, and that's about it. And the reality is that every time a customer has an experience with you, they're building an impression of you, your brand. And that is where brands live. They live in your customers' minds. And your job is to, you know, kind of kind of shepherd that narrative so that what they end up in their mind is really true, as opposed to what they're figuring out because you're not giving them enough data, enough information, enough content, right? So when I get to the website, and by the way, it's not always at the very beginning. A lot of times people already have done something. And, uh, and so I do what I call a web reboot where I will come in and I will take a look at, and this is after we've, we've done the brand clarification and really understood who the client is. Then I look at their, their homepage and the number one mistake that people make is they're talking to themselves. Um, you know, know they don't know that because again, if they haven't done the work they haven't done the research. If they don't really know who their ideal customer is, it's much easier to talk about yourself. So you'll land on a homepage and they're talking about how they're this great company to work for and how these wonderful things that they do and, you know, um, their new hire or whatever, you know, and nobody cares about that. What they care about is, do I see myself here as someone who would benefit from what you do? Is it clear what you do? I've literally done web audits where I've looked through, and this is what I do. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is my job, right? And I will go through an entire website and have no idea what these people do. None. And wow. that's a problem. If I but can't I, understand it. I have to agree. Yes. I've had that experience it's as so well. It's so hard. And it's like, why is it so hard? Right. And it's, unless you are incentivized, you are not going to, if you're just a random person who comes there and if you don't get it, nobody's exactly. going to go through the entire website. Oh like my you God. Did. No. And again, you have six seconds, sometimes four, right? I, well, yeah. I and, and the idea, by the way, the other mistake that people make is they think, oh, I need to tell you everything up front because I want to get you in those four seconds. Well, you know, it's like a date gone bad. Like they're, you know, asking you to marry that, marry you over dessert. Right. I mean, you got to get to know these people, right. I need to, and because we're humans and we're curious beings, what we really want is help me discover you. Right. So you want to engage people. The moment they click past their home, your homepage, you know, you've, you know, you, you know, you've intrigued them enough that they want to find out more. But what tends to happen is if you overload your homepage with all this information that no one cares about, you shut them down. It's like too much noise, you know? And so this is why I always talk about cutting through the noise, this idea that, you know, I want to know in those four seconds, is this something I want to learn more about? Obviously, I'm not going to know everything about you, but I want to know enough 
to say, tell me more. That's really the goal. And so once, and the other piece is in three clicks, I need an answer because if it takes more than three clicks, I'm also gone. Mm-hmm. And, and what people don't understand is the money they're let, they're li- literally leaving money on the table because if people find you and you end up, and you are really speaking to that one person who absolutely positively needs what you do, that person not only will, will look further, they'll tell other people who are also in need of you. So it's this referral piece. You know, people think of referrals in a, in a very, um, again, very linear way mm-hmm. that it's just somebody saying something about you to someone else. But your website is a goldmine for referrals if you do it right. And then with once you've, as you say, you immediately made it clear to them what it is you do yeah. and they're <laughs> interested uh, where do you stand on the whole idea of like, say, a downloadable PDF or a shareable? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you've got them right here. So right now is the time is the time to do that. You know, offer them something that they can they can hold in their hands, something that they can download. Um, and and then, you know, you're 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 also offering value, right? You're offering value. They visited you and you're giving them something that has value. And then you follow up with them and say, Hey, you know, I'd like, I mean, in my case, it's, you know, here's information, here's some, a PDF and um, let's get on a call and, and I'll, you know, we'll, I'll take a look at your website and I'll give you some insights. So that, that PDF again, branding should be all in alignment and consistent oh with the branding Absolutely. on your website. Absolutely. It should look like, again, it's all part of the same family. The same color colors are very important because colors kind of go, they kind of tie things together. And if you have a logo, the same logo, you know, years ago, people used to like think of logos. Oh, well, we'll just change it. We'll move it. We'll turn it upside down, sideways, whatever. No, do not do that. Keep it the same. And if you're, and if you're finding yourself changing the logo, it means that you don't really have a logo or you have something that isn't working. So, and that's, you know, I've done workshops just on the identity piece, which is how to develop a logo because logo is really shorthand for your brand and you want it to stand for something. It's not just a placeholder that looks cool. You know, Mm -hmm. it has to actually connect with, you know, what, what is it that you do? Yeah. Well, speaking of um, PDFs, I I believe you have a PDF that you have. I do. What is that? Is this related to your book? Uh, yes, it's actually the five, five takeaways from my book around how to, uh, how to um, attract your ideal customer, how, so how your brand can become uh, a magnet for your ideal customer. That's huge. So exactly where does somebody get that? She well, said as this, if it wasn't her. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, now you're really putting me on the spot because I'm working on that. <laughs> okay, well, is, is, but do you I have, have a link I mean, that we I could have... like drop in the notes or anything? Uh, yeah. So, okay. um, I actually, I sent it to you, but I, um, if you want, I'm, I can, yeah. uh, I did not open it up, but I will open it up now. Oh, don't worry about it. If you, I've got it, it will be in the notes. That's where I would put it. Both yeah, underneath but, the video and in the podcast notes. Right. But I'm in the process of, you know, the shoemakers, uh, kids, right. So I, I'm finally getting around to, to adapting to creating my, having my website, um, going through a web reboot myself and there will be a place where you can uh, download the PDF and also schedule the audit with me. Yeah. So is that the best place for somebody to get, to get started with you is to schedule an audit? 
I believe, yes, I would say so. I would say so. Um, and, um, you know, going on my LinkedIn profile and checking out, you know, I mean, that gives you, you know, the great thing about social media when it's done right. And I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn because I work with founders, I work with business owners, and that's where they all that's where they all hang out is on, mm-hmm. is on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, I have, I have a very robust, um, um, uh, profile and, you know, I'm, I'm constantly posting things. I, I have a whole series of brand tips for my book that I've been posting. I have, um, where I've been speaking. Um, I've got all kinds of information that's readily available to people. So that's a good way. And I also have um, recommendations from from clients. So if you want to know what it's like to work with me, go on my LinkedIn profile or my website, and you'll be able to read what people say. Okay, so on the topic of branding, if there are any last words that you wanted to leave bouncing around in somebody's head about the branding and the importance of branding, what would that be? Uh, don't wait until uh, until you're bigger to do it, uh, because bigger means it's more expensive, and especially if you are going to go through a whole um, uh, redesign of your identity, a new name or logo. You know, I always tell what I tell people is don't do a logo until you know what company you've built. Because the logo is really the piece that, as I said, it's shorthand for your brand. So if you haven't identified your brand, if you haven't taken the time to really understand what your unique value proposition is, it's really hard to have a logo that represents that, right? It's really representing nothing at this point, which is why, you know, it sort of looks like like that. It's really just a holding place. But a really powerful logo has, it has legs, you know, it, la- it should last you 25 years, not five minutes until the next time you go on on a crowdsourcing site and decide to have people figure out how to give you a logo for, you know, $9.99. So that's mm-hmm. definitely something I would do. Um, and, and I would say also, don't forget that your clients have a lot of information and um, don't overlook um, asking them what it's like to work with you because they're the ones who know. And you know, I, I will say one thing. It is hard to do that yourself. I mean, I, I also I've done those, you know, where I I will do um, uh, I will do that kind of that kind of interview where I, I talk to clients. And the reason is because it's anonymous and they're not afraid to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard for a founder to hear that what they've built doesn't work for people or that there are aspects of it that aren't meeting their clients needs. But isn't it better to find that out earlier? It's a gift. And, it's a gift. As much as you might feel a little bit like, hey, it's my baby, as you said. Exactly. It's a gift. It's a gift. And and I just want to remind people too that, you know, the longer you wait, the more, the more difficult it becomes to make the change. You know, you think, oh, well, when I get bigger, I'll invest. This is the other thing, um, the other kind of uh, the other myth that I that I talk about, which we'll invest in marketing when we have money to invest in marketing. Which is so ironic because the only way you get more money for marketing is if you invest in marketing. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, Orly Zewi, author of Ready Launch Brand, The Lean Marketing Guide to Startups. Thank you so much for being here today to talk to me about this very important topic. Thank you, September. It's been a pleasure. Did you know that podcast guesting, being the featured guest interviewed on podcasts, is one of the hottest 2021 ways to build brand, audience, and your business, to get your unique message and personality out there to those who need to hear it? 
As a podcaster myself and a business consultant, I help turn entrepreneurs into business people who can proficiently and profitably use podcast guesting as a powerful part of their marketing plan. Want to know more? You can download the five-step guide below in the notes, or if you really want to get moving on it, book a call. And let's map out how we could make it part of your marketing plan.